Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Tea with Tina podcast. And today I have a very special episode um, talking about PCOS awareness. And I wanted to chat about PCOS um, during PCOS awareness month. So I hope this gets out there in time. Um, but PCOS Awareness Month takes place all of September, and I'm kind of surprised because when I was diagnosed, which you can, I have a couple PCOS, um, podcast episodes you can listen to if you want to hear a little bit more in depth about my story, um, and certain updates when I go into flare-ups and things like that. Um, so you can listen to those if you're interested. But I, I always thought more people kind of knew about PCOS, Although, I didn't really know about it until I started Googling about it. I was officially diagnosed back in 2014 um, with PCOS. And um, really, I kind of knew that I had it beforehand. Because like I said, I did some Googling with some of the symptoms that I had. And PCOS seemed to line up the best. And my doctor told me that I had PCOS. Um... But yeah, not a lot of people do know about it. Um, Another part of it is, though, it is more of a blanket statement for a ton of similar symptoms that women tend to get. Um, But it's weird because some women have some of the symptoms, other women have other symptoms. But there are criteria for diagnosis, which I'm going to go over in a little bit. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll dive into more of that. But PCOS does stand for polycystic ovarian syndrome, and it affects up to 15% of women of reproductive age. So it's pretty common, and basically it causes an imbalance in your hormones, and all the symptoms are really annoying. So you get things like weight gain, um, you get excess hair growth everywhere, acne, insulin resistance, and infertility. Um, not a lot of research has been done on it in the past. It seems like there's more awareness for it now. Um, and the more research it comes out, they're saying that there seems to be some sort of genetic component to it. Um, there's more evidence pointing towards that. I know for me personally, my mom had very irregular periods. She went as long as a year without a period um but she was diagnosed with um an overactive thyroid an underactive thyroid and then ultimately graves disease which those are all hormonal problems um but she was never tested for pcos so she could have had those things on top of pcos we will never know that now to get an official pcos diagnosis um because the symptoms are so general honestly like um these symptoms fall in the realm of PMDD, um, which I also believe that I have, which can only really truly be self-diagnosed <laughs> um, when I did my research. Um, endometriosis is another one. Um, I'm forgetting what the, the name of the one is. Um, it's on the tip of my tongue here. But, but other kind of hormonal imbalances in females and thyroid issues. Um, Hashimoto's, that's what I was thinking of. So a lot of those can um, express similar symptoms. But to truly get a PCOS diagnosis, you need three things. All three things. Um, there needs to be irregular periods. 
So you're, um, I want to say you're getting less than eight or nine periods a year is considered like irregular. And I get like three or four, five if I'm lucky. Um, the presence of male hormones, excess male hormones. So when I got my testosterone tested, um, it was elevated. It was above the normal range. Um, I do get excess hair growth on my chin, on my back, and it grows back very fast. I have seen people way worse than me, um, with how much hair growth they get, but I will literally, like, shave or pluck a hair, and I swear it is back in full swing in a day and I thought it was just kind of like in my head and maybe it was different strands but no I've seen people with worse cases than me like literal almost like patchy preteen beards and they'll shave it and it'll be back the next day so that is from the excess hormones but one that I've never noticed with a lot of people is um in my upper shoulders and back I get a ton of black coarse hair um not as many people i've noticed have had that symptom but that's part of the excess hair growth and um doing an ultrasound this can only be diagnosed through an ultrasound is the presence of cysts on the ovaries um so they did do an ultrasound and they found that i had cystic ovaries and to confirm it further when i had my iud and i was having issues which you can also listen to my podcast episode about that fun time um when i was having issues they did say um that i had a lot of cysts on my ovaries and you know long story short i got diagnosed But, you know, they kind of left me with what you would read on the internet, and it was very general. And, you know, it was, you know, diet, exercise, um, you could get diabetes and heart disease and have cholesterol problems in the future, so just be aware. But you're thin and you're active, so you're fine. Um, I'll I'll dive a little bit into lean PCOS in a bit with that, but it was kind of scary at first. When I first got diagnosed, I was kind of like, huh, you know, like I've always lived with this. You don't really see direct um, effects from the symptoms until you really kind of look out for them. And then you're like, oh, that's I feel this way because of PCOS, not just because I feel that way. Um, That's when it started to get more frustrating and real. Um, I've definitely sat there and cried about it and because I felt pretty hopeless with it because there is no cure. It's just something you have to live with. Um, And it's... I don't know if it's officially considered a chronic condition Um, because it is hormonal, but with chronic conditions, you don't look sick, um, but you can feel like garbage. And there's many things out there like MS, um, for instance, that you'll you'll look fine, but you feel like shit. And a lot of times people kind of overlook that. Um, and especially in lean PCOS, it's very frustrating because people will just look at me and be like, and I'll just say I'm tired and they'll be like, yeah, yeah, you'll get over it. You'll be fine. And it's like, if you could only be inside my body and feel what I'm feeling, um, I know I'm not crazy. (laughs) Um, every time I get my period, which this past time, it took me three months to get my period. Um, but once I did... I know it's like the opposite of what normal people think, but I felt amazing. It's like my hormones reset, um, all my bloating, all my fatigue like goes completely away, and I feel like a normal human being again. Um, so it's a vicious cycle, and there's some things that I am aware of that acted up, 
and there's some things that keep it at bay and you know I take my my pros and cons and you know when I want to be bad I eat those things and I suffer the consequences Um, but most of the time I try to make healthy decisions as would you know anybody who's trying to live a healthy lifestyle. So getting a little bit more into PCOS in general um, I am in a couple Reddit forums about um, PCOS and I see a lot of the girls in there. Not many of them have lean PCOS. I'm actually in a separate group for strictly women with lean PCOS. Um, but typically someone with PCOS is they're going to usually be pretty overweight. And unfortunately, they're going to pack on the pounds like really fast even if they're eating a regular diet they may gain 50 to 100 pounds or more in a matter of a couple months um and a lot of the times they have to go on medication um metformin which i believe can be prescribed for diabetics don't quote me on that um but metformin is a very popular one and when these girls are on it um it helps them there are some side effects um that can be annoying with that but um it does help them they usually drop some weight but they usually have to go on very low calorie diets very low carb diets um But ultimately, when they do pair that with kind of possibly other medications and just a healthier lifestyle, things start to be a little bit better. Now, for me, um, I found that birth control, the pill, actually helped a lot with my physical symptoms as far as I was able to probably stay five pounds leaner. So pretty much any excess water weight or that last stubborn bit of fat um, tended to stay off me. Um, my boobs got bigger, my skin was clear, um, and my hair growth had slowed down on the pill. But everything else, as far as, like, emotions and all that fun junk, it was worse. So, to me, um, the cons definitely outweigh the pros in that situation, which is why I am, um, birth control free. Um, and I deal with the symptoms as they come and I manage with, um, exercise and nutrition and stress reduction, which we'll get into in a little bit. But yeah, these girls, um, that's like what your typical PCOS, um, case looks like, you know, along with the, the insulin resistance, um, and all that stuff. Now with me, with the lean PCOS, I pretty much have the same things these girls do, um, they don't really know why lean PCOS is a thing. It could be, um, a combination of genetics. Like, my, I'm split down the middle. My dad always had trouble with his weight, but he was never, like, fat. He was, he was a little chubby. Um, very small legs, very lean legs, but stored all of his fat in his midsection. My mom has always been very lean. Everyone on her side of the family has been very lean. Um, so I think part of it is definitely genetic, and I think a part of fat storage in my stomach is genetic. (laughs) Um, I do not hold much fat in my legs. Um, so that's always leaner, and I have trouble building that up so I do tend to be leaner but I would say a big one for me is probably the insulin resistance um which of course I get the side effects so 
Um, Insulin resistance is basically when your body is not responsive to insulin, which comes from sugars, which are in carbs. Um, So let's say I ate like a carby sugar meal, my body produces insulin to balance it out and help absorb it and, you know, get everything going to the right spot in the body. Um, But my body doesn't absorb and process sugars and carbs the same as everybody else. So my body just keeps producing more and more and more insulin. And when we have more insulin, we have more fat storage, particularly in the um, abdominal area. And... um, I will get massive like sugar drops, very similar to what people with diabetes have um, because they also have insulin resistance. And that's why I have to watch what types of foods I eat because like for instance this morning, I am going on vacation soon so I am out of eggs and I ate the Monster Mash cereal because it was in there. And so that's all just carbs and sugar and I had it with some milk but I paired it with like a lower protein bar and I think I had a protein shake to try to balance it out but it wasn't quite enough and I felt a little bit more depleted um, a little bit more empty calories today as opposed to if I had like a ton of protein so um, I definitely noticed a difference a lot of the time too if I eat like Dunkin Donuts or something where I'm eating like tons of carbs tons of sugar um, I will crash I will be like absolutely starved an hour or two later because what happens is when you're eating all of that and you have the insulin resistance your body has an insane craving for sugar so for some of you if you feel which I've definitely had times like this when you feel like you could eat like a whole container of icing or just like sugar 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 and you eat it and it just feels like it's not enough and you need more um, that could be insulin resistance. That's usually when insulin resistance is the culprit. And the sneaky thing about that is everyone's different. Um, one person could be fine with sweet potatoes and the other person, their blood sugar can spike when they eat sweet potatoes, even though it's considered like a healthy complex, complex carb. Um, some people are okay with french fries, some people are not okay with french fries. For me, I have noticed pasta is a big culprit for me. Pasta seems to, um, make me starved, no matter how much I eat, and I have to keep eating more and more, and it's not like a hee-hee, you know, pasta makes me hungry, you know, I could just eat so much pasta, like, no, it literally, I'm hungrier after eating the pasta than before I ate the pasta, if that makes sense. It just doesn't feel like I ate anything. So that's fun. But with insulin resistance, like I said, that being my biggest battle, and even people with lean PCOS, that being their biggest battle, um, it is important to get that under control to some extent. um, Because in the long term, you know, this produces high glucose levels, high blood sugar, and it ultimately puts you at risk for diabetes, um, excess weight gain, as you age, um, heart disease, cholesterol, other issues later in life. So not right now, but later in life. Um, 
and that's why it's important to manage it. There are definitely steps you could take. Um, aside from like diet, you can get like a glucose monitor, like what diabetics use, where you prick your finger, you check your blood, um, and see what your levels are. Um, that would be for anybody who's sciencey out there. I have thought about doing it, but I haven't committed to it. Um, but I wouldn't mind trying that. So like when you eat a certain food, prick your finger, you should be, um, usually under a hundred for your glucose. And if it spikes, you know, you know what is bad for you. And, um, back to with the insulin resistance, like I said, a diet ultimately of, you know, the less processed carbs, you want complex carbs because they're slower digesting, they're going to keep your blood sugar levels more stable. Following something similar to a diabetic um, diet will probably really help out. And, you know, doing the diet, diet drinks, trying to uh, resist the high sugar options. And what I've learned is, is if you are going to eat something that's more processed or higher in sugars or, um, the lower quality fats, try to pair it with lots of fiber and lots of protein. Um, because when you pair it together, it helps your body to digest it and absorb it um, versus going wild. <laughs> so, I mean, it's a lot to take in, especially since there isn't a cure and there's really not quite a way to improve it like there's not a specific like do this or take this and you will feel better it's very individualized it can leave a lot of people feeling exhausted frustrated um hopeless and that's why you know there is pcos awareness month um you know we're out there there's more of us than you think there's probably quite a few of you who are undiagnosed that are experiencing this and it's important to know that you're not alone you know Join Facebook groups, join forums. Um, if nobody you know immediately is experiencing it, it's good to have that support to know that you're not alone and to vent to people occasionally who get that. And again, it's important to do trial and error on your body and see what works best. You're going to have to be patient at first, um, but do your best to monitor everything and keep your doctors in the loop. Um, if you get a good doctor, they're going to order regular testing for you, specifically for PCOS. Um, so make them aware of it. Make your gyno aware of it or your OBGYN and um, just everybody. Make everybody aware of it, you know, in, in your medical field just to make sure. Even when I go to the dentist and they're like, do you have any pre-existing conditions? I'm like, yep, PCOS. Um, because sometimes hormones or certain medications, they can... Um, you know, affect that. So it's important to put that down. Don't be shy with that. If you want a good resource to dig a little bit deeper into your hormones and into, you know, periods in general and more about PCOS, I highly, highly, highly recommend the period repair manual. Um, I have read a couple like woo-woo hormone books where they're like, take this crazy Indian herbal supplement and like cook these weird meals and put like chili powder in your smoothies and chug it and like that ain't it fam so um period repair manual is a very kind of like black and white breaks down why your period works how it works um and it really gets into depth and i've learned so much from that book um 
and it gives you some action steps of things that you can do like true true things that in my opinion i think work um to get you on track and this is good for anybody even if you don't have pcos and you just want to learn about the female reproductive system the female menstrual health super super great book and very science-based very factual um i i highly recommend that book to everybody um whoever asked me about pcos and um with that being said one more thing I wanted to touch on is it seems like the females that I come across who are suffering from PCOS, they um, deal with stress a lot. And not that we're all not stressed. I'm sorry, my cat, I'm recording in my bedroom and my cat Binks is literally like digging under my covers and he just looks like a little lump and he's being very distracting right now (laughs) oh my goodness he's trying he's just being bad (laughs) but (laughs) oh my goodness hold on i just want to let you know that we have a curtain above our bed and he is literally under the curtain like he's hiding and just his nose is peeking out and it is absolutely hilarious and extremely distracting (laughs) but anyways talking back about the stress um stress has been a big factor in females um especially with pcos and i um i've noticed that people with pcos tend to be more prone to the stress and you know stressors are inflammation and when you have that extra excess stress you're gonna get more inflamed i think that kind of goes for any chronic illness really so you know stress management is really hard it is really hard um i suggest you listen back to some of my podcasts about boundary setting about listening to your body um working out in a way that makes you feel rejuvenated and not run down Um, So you don't need to be doing sprints and things like that. Um, But it could work for some people. Again, everyone's different. But make sure, you know, you're fueling your body and you're getting restful sleep and you're setting boundaries and you're doing things you love every day. Those are ways that you can kind of cut back on stressors because stress isn't always like, oh, my God, I'm worried and I'm nervous about this. Stress can be... um, working out too much or there's indirect stressors of you know having an annoying coworker around you and it it you know really wears you down and you're not even aware of it and then one day you're exhausted and stressed out and you don't know what to do so just keep that in mind too um yeah i don't really know what else i wanted to say because you know I figured September's PCOS Awareness Month, and I've already shared my story with you guys, but I wanted to share a little bit more insight into PCOS itself, Um, touch upon lean PCOS, and just some different things, and, you know, some resources if you are feeling lost or, like, you may have PCOS, and, you know, feel free to reach out to me. Anytime I do these PCOS podcasts, a couple of you guys actually always message me. Um, and I love it because I love talking and helping you guys out um, the best that I can. So feel free to reach out. If you have hormone issues or you think you have PCOS, you know, shoot me a message. I'm happy to chat with you, give you some advice um, and some insight.
and you know we're here for you we support you um and until next time guys i think i will end the podcast there have a great rest of your week stay strong um and i'll see you next time bye